0: Welcome to Vision Pros, the show all about spatial computing, Vision OS, and getting work done on the Apple Vision Pro. I'm Tim Chan, host of the show.
1: I've never been like a mini player person on my computer or or, um, but it really makes sense in the vision pro to say you know i have my music and i'm just gonna take the small controls and put them off to the side so i know where they are when i want them but you know they don't need to be in front of me all the time so if you look at the artwork and the playing bar and tap there it actually switches to a mini player
0: welcome back to another episode of vision pros we're joined in this episode by Kevin Pefferly, who is a web developer. And in this episode, we dive into his experiences with the first week with the Apple Vision Pro. This episode is recorded the Wednesday after release. And just like the last episode, this episode is a more exploratory episode where we just bounce our general thoughts of using the device back and forth. Stay tuned for some app-focused episodes in the future, with different developers I'm in contact with and excited to share more about soon. As a reminder, you can support the podcast over at visionpros.fm Patreon by subscribing to the Patreon or Apple Podcasts. You'll get episodes early, and my sincere thanks to everyone that supports the podcast it means a great deal and is very, very much appreciated. With that, here's my discussion with Kevin. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin.
1: Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
2: Absolutely. So uh, this is our second episode post-launch of Apple Vision Pro being here, and as of the time of recording
0: it, we've had it, uh, what, about five five days? It's it's Wednesday, a uh, week after. Um, I'm not sure what that... Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm probably pretty close to five days. Mine came Friday afternoon, so... Yeah.
2: Nice. <laughs> so yours was just shipped uh, to the house, and...
1: Yeah. I, I obviously wear glasses. You can see that, but... Um... So I was waiting on the optical inserts, and I wasn't sure how that would work for like in-store pickup if I yeah. didn't have the inserts with me. So I just figured getting everything hand-delivered to me all at once was probably the safer bet.
2: Yeah. Um, I had sure a I couple hours of just waiting for UPS to give me those lenses because I did the in-store pickup, and then come on UPS, let's let me get the rest of it here. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it was interesting, though. I think you, you had a photo where they, they, like, scanned your glasses to at least, like, give you temporary Yeah, so in-store,
2: the whole thing they, – so they scan your glasses that you bring with you, which uh, I had, like, can you just give me the, this lenses? It's like, no, we don't even know what diopters we're giving you in these lenses for privacy reasons. So they scan the lenses. The machine spits out, like, the lenses that are scanned, and they don't know anything about the lenses. I oh, guess that's it's, really interesting. Yeah, I I don't care about uh, that data, but I guess some people would. Uh, how bad your eyes are, but uh, yeah. Um, so you got yours Friday afternoon. Um, yes. What's What's your background and work like, and how do you anticipate this fitting into your life?
1: Yeah. So my my uh, professionally, I work as a front end software engineer. Uh, building web applications. Okay. So um, I I am a software engineer. I do write code every day, um, but primarily things that are running in the browser. Um, over the years, I've dabbled in iOS development a lot, um, especially with being a front end focused software engineer for web applications. You know, user interface, user interaction, how. You're helping the user achieve what they're trying to do is something that's really important to me, and I really value a lot. So um, that is obviously something Apple as a company values very highly, and uh, has always drawn me to their products. So I've dabbled in iOS development here and there. Um, you know, I've had the iPhone since the 3G. No, iPhone since iPhone three. No, 3G. iPhone 3G.
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry. It, uh, yeah, 3G
2: and, uh, and 3GS. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was no iPhone three technically, I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, iPad since day one, Apple Watch since day one. You know, all all the things. Um, but when the Vision Pro was announced, um, you know, we've had these rumors for a couple of years about this headset that could be coming that could let you view things in real space. Obviously, Apple's been very heavily invested in. Uh, Building out augmented reality for like the iPad and the iPhone, which I think was also a signal of maybe where that stuff was going. Um, And I have a particular personal hobby that I've been involved with over the years that uh, is outside of my professional line of work um, that just really lends itself really well to the idea that you can see things from a real world perspective, Mm -hmm. um, and model them before trying to put them into the real world. Um, so, uh, the vision pro really kickstarted me into really pursuing that idea. Um, so I have, since since the announcement of the Vision Pro, I actually like was immediately like, okay, I need to start building some of the interface for this thing. So I actually started out building on the iPad because I didn't have access to a Vision Pro, you know, and was occasionally opening things in the Vision Pro simulator. But I could just tell, like, I, I had no idea how this was going to fit. And I had plenty of things I needed to, to build that weren't reliant on the Vision Pro hardware yet. Um, and then... Knew that once the Vision Pro showed up, and I could actually feel it and get a sense for how people were uh, building applications for it. You know, obviously, some of these early these early apps that are available certainly seems like a lot of these developers had dev kits. You know, like they've obviously experienced their application inside the device. Um, so now that we get that opportunity as well, I'm you know, it's exciting to to think about where we can go from there. To build applications uh, for the Vision Pro.
2: Yeah, because you're in the middle of the country, so you're not exactly close to New York or Cupertino, where the American Labs were.
1: <laughs> Correct. Um, if I if I had had an existing um, iPad application and then was like porting it into the Vision Pro, I could have seen like it being worth the flight. Um, the the My day job company is actually in New York City. So I do go to New York City a couple times a year. So I did like float the idea a little bit of could I align like a work trip with a developer lab? But, um, but ultimately I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to crank on building the core of of the application that's going to i'm going to need whether it's on the iPad or on the Vision Pro and then wait for the Vision Pro to show up to really dial in the rest of it
2: can you share at all what the core app is or does or is it too early
1: um it i'm i, I will share this i'm i'm essentially working on a 3 year plan so um i i'm also taking the approach that um you know the Vision Pro as it currently exists Kind of feels like a, you know, pricey dev kit, but you know, uh, you know, as has been quoted before, you know, this is the worst Vision Pro we're ever going to have. So you know, two years from now, three years from now, as the device gets better, hopefully gets cheaper, mm-hmm. um, maybe a non-Pro version that's more accessible to more people. Um, you know, the audience that I'm trying to build for is not really an audience that's going to pick this up for 3,500 bucks to play around with it. Like they're going to be need to be sold on it farther down the line. So I'm kind of building with that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, what really excites me, you know, uh, I don't want to get into too many specifics. I hate when people do that, but I am, I am trying to supplant somebody in a kind of niche industry where there's one key player in what I'm trying to build And I don't want them knowing, you know, (laughs) and it's a small enough community that, um, you know, once people start talking about it, they'll they'll be aware. Sure. So. Yeah. um, So that's where I'm at. But but, you know, I'm looking a few years down the road at how can I be better positioned than them two or three years from now?
2: Gotcha. And um, getting the Vision Pro on your head, on your face. um, (laughs) Yes. How is it? different if it was different from your expectations based on the June 5th keynote and hearing all the ramp up stories about it?
1: Um, I, th- I think there are ways in which I underestimated and overestimated it, depending on which aspect you're talking about. Um, I think I overestimated what the world around you was going to look like in a fidelity sense. Um, you know, I, I have... A teenager and a toddler, so I do appreciate the remaining grounded in your own context. Um, You know, I had uh, a it was called an Oculus Quest at the time. You know, know, Meta Quest, Mm -hmm. and and I enjoyed using it for certain things, but I felt like I could only use it in scenarios where I was already in the room by myself and nobody else was around. Yeah, you go to a VR
2: gaming session, and it's like you're I'm going away to my den for a bit, and. Watch exactly you if you're in here
1: <laughs> yeah or like you know my wife would take a work trip and the kids would be in bed and I'd be like okay well now's a great time to do VR because nobody needs me you know exactly yeah. but uh, I the vision Pro it you know the the way that it lets me stay in the room with my family um, and I know they've been pr- pushing that a lot in the ads and that always felt a little questionable to me but it really does let you stay in the room if you choose to Um and the fact that I've been able to like sit at the kitchen table and play around with apps and things. And when my toddler runs up to me, like I can look at her and she, she interacts with me and she still feels like I'm there. Yeah. Um, it actually is kind of a magical experience as compared to, you know, the VR experiences that, you know, we we've largely had available to this point. Um, so, so, but the, the, optical quality of like looking at your phone while you while you're wearing it you know you can you can make things out you can read it but like you wouldn't want to be doing that for any length of time no like it's much
2: Um, better than like psvr2 for instance uh which doesn't really work at all (laughs) um yeah halfway if you what i would do with psvr2 i'd have the accessibility feature i yank the text size as maximum and then i could make it work
1: (laughs) yeah yeah for sure so some of that you know it, it maybe maybe didn't live up to expectations but the 3D content that's been really optimized for this device is kind of mind-blowing to me i think it has exceeded my expectations and that's something that you know is is hard if not impossible to capture in a promo video or a commercial or yeah. even a WWC keynote you know um so you know, watching
2: by 3D content, uh, do you mean both videos as well as apps like JigSpace and other apps that take advantage of 3D
1: assets? Yeah, I mean, yeah, JigSpace as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, Apple's immersive content is really impressive. But also, just like movies that were already made for 3D, watching those in the Vision Pro, the crispness and brightness and colors in those movies is. Far above and beyond, even like going to a special specialty theater to yeah. to see them. I was just laughing, um,
2: giggling just at some of the three D things. It's just like wow, it's just on another level. It really is, and it was interesting. I was listening to Screen Time, Sigmund, and Devin. Evidently, Disney Plus their downloads are super high resolution, uh, over twenty mm-hmm. gigabytes for Avatar Two in three D. That same download on Apple TV, if you buy it there, is thirteen. So oh, wow. I believe so Disney is giving you a a much higher bit rate. I believe um, maybe mm-hmm. it's two K downloads on Apple TV and four K through Disney. I'm not exactly sure, but significantly better bit rates uh, there for for Disney Plus, which is interesting and a, a reason to uh, opt for the ad free plan. We can download that stuff for the plane. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've I've been really impressed. When... My wife, my wife, right away, when I started putting it on, she's like, that's so Ready Player One. So, of course, that was the first movie I watched yeah. in 3D. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> How old is your toddler?
1: Uh, she is two and a half.
2: What was her reaction? Because I've been actually surprised. So, I've got a little bit over one-year-old uh, Devin as a even younger child. And the baby reaction so far has been curiosity and not crying which my daughter did cry when i was in the ps fair 2 one time so um yeah so has it's been a positive reaction on your end as well
1: yeah she i mean she interacts with me honestly like i'm wearing ski goggles it feels like um the first time she walked up to me and really paid attention to the fact i was wearing it i was Mm -hmm. looking right at her and you know when you're wearing it, you don't actually know what anybody looking exactly. at you is seeing. Yeah, I have no idea in um, the dark.
2: Like, do I? Is it is it sensing a person there in the dark? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But she walked up to me and I said, uh, she was looking me right in the eye, and I said, "Do you see Daddy's eyes?" And she's like, "Daddy's eyes," and was like pointing right at right <laughs> at my at my eyes, you know. And I was like, "Well, that's really cool. Like, that is actually like a cool like special moment with your kid for them to actually acknowledge that they." feel like they're still seeing you. Yeah. You know, even though you're wearing this device on your face. Yeah.
2: My dog, uh, I had to speak uh, and say it's okay. Cause at first she thought a stranger had entered the house. And I said, no, no, Sierra, it's it's me. <laughs> and then she was yes. all, all happy. Um, video capture from the headsets been kind of fun. Especially with my cat. My cat loves to try to knock over cups and you know, I can hold the cup with both my hands and have her go like head first into this big cup and capture this crazy video that otherwise this cup's gonna be on the ground and it's kind of awkward to capture with an iphone in your hand like hands-free capture it's been really kind of nice and i love the little plus sign if you want to do a video that's stationary as they advise it makes it really easy to do that um that that's been i think great
1: yeah i haven't done a lot of video capture on the device but uh i've really enjoyed watching the videos that i captured on my phone um you know, my 15 pro, um, like we had some snow here a few weeks ago and my kids were out back sledding on the hill. So I was like, this feels like the right, like the sort of moment I should capture, you know, spatially. So, you know, one of the first videos I watched on the vision pro was my daughters sledding down the hill coming at me, you know, and, like, uh, then my toddler, you know, at the end, like looking up and saying hi, hi, daddy, and things. And I'm like, that, that moment is the way it captures the moment, like, is bringing me to tears a bit, you know, two weeks later. Like, I can't even imagine, like, years from now, looking back at that moment when she's grown, um, significantly and I'm seeing her as a toddler in that three dimensional way. Yeah.
2: I'm so blown away with the iPhone captures because there's not a whole lot of separation there. But for stuff that's pretty close, it's doing a really good job with that separation. I don't know what Magic they're doing. And that's only going to get better next year with the 16, I'm sure, and inspire me to try to upgrade my phone because it'll do maybe 2K uh, spatial instead of 1080p. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've convinced my wife to keep her keep us both on the iPhone upgrade train every year, if only because you always will have the best mobile camera available to take pictures of your kids.
2: Yes. Yeah. So as a web developer, have you started using the Vision Pro to... Are you able to develop web stuff from your Mac? Is that... Uh, and are you bringing your Mac into the headset to do any work in?
1: Um, yeah, I can. It you know, In that regards, it mostly just serves as a big display. Um, I, I think that's going to have most value for me when I'm traveling uh, because, you know, often traveling, I'm just hunched over my laptop. So being able to pull up a big display on a, on a plane or even a hotel room
2: and try to,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I haven't been using it too much for my day work. Um, the one interesting thing about building an app that's, that's kind of targeting iPad and then extending to the Vision Pro is that as much as I would love to develop in the Vision Pro when I'm developing for the iPad, you run into that looking at a screen through a camera issue that you run into with the iPhone where like you'd go to run something on the iPad and like, well, now I'm not really seeing it that well through the Vision Pro. So I've taken to a pattern of developing with the iPad next to me without the Vision Pro and then getting it kind of, whatever I'm working on, getting it dialed in on the iPad and then launching it into the Vision Pro and putting the Vision Pro on and doing the Vision Pro development inside the Vision Pro.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. Because I was wondering, too, like you could run the iPad app in the Vision Pro with the compatibility mode. Probably less than yeah. ideal to just get a feel on the touch touchiness of it, though.
1: Yeah. Especially when you're testing interactions and, and things. Um, so I'm doing quite a bit of like direct manipulation, touching. And for me, the, for that, the device is obviously required. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah
2: have there been any uh, standout third-party apps that you've really taken to so far?
1: Yeah. Um, I will, I will say, let's see, I I actually made a list ahead of time because I figured you were going to ask me about apps. Um, I've, I've been super impressed. I mean, obviously, you know, Apple's been pushing like the black box, which is fun. Um, it's a, you know, kind of a new take on that idea. um, there there's been a lot of really good solid ports of things of iPad apps that I use. Um, but those maybe are not yet leveraging the vision pro <laughs> as much as they could. Um, the one that's really wowed me that I was kind of, kind of blew me away is, uh, Moog galaxy. So Moog, the synthesizer company, you know, has built this vision based sy- synthesizer app and it is really cool. Um, when you first open it, it brings like a small platform of a synthesizer in front of you, and you can adjust like a few sliders to play with it. And it's got this three dimensional visualization going on in front of you. But then, if you ex- click this expand button, it takes you into an immersive synthesizer environment, and then you've got a whole bunch of additional controls. And there's like a virtual keyboard in front of you that you can play by like looking at the key you want to start with. And then once you pinch your fingers, you can move up and down the, the keyboard. Um, Does it let you
2: directly tap on the digital keys if you wanted to, or is it, you start some place and drag?
1: It seems like they're focused more on like the look at what you want Mm -hmm. to do. And then, so that they're not trying to do like, um, you know, I, I haven't tried the DJ app yet, but I kind of understand that that's been doing a little more direct manipulation. They they seem focused. Moog seems focused on the look at what you want to do and then manipulate it from there, Um, which kind of seems to be more of the pattern that Apple's kind of trying to steer a lot of us towards. Um, But they do open up pads to the side um, that can control recording and all sorts of additional things. So they clearly think that there's a, an opportunity in this environment for people to be recording samples that they may actually use in their productions and things.
2: That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious when logic and final cut pro will make their way as native apps over here. I'm sure that will be at some point.
1: Yeah. It seems like a really interesting environment for, I mean, really anything creative, um, uh, being able to do it in, in a dedicated space with, you know, your controls aren't limited, by like the physical yeah. orientation of things. Um, it's neat to see even this early on uh, that sort of innovation. And I, I just, you have to imagine it's only going to get crazier as people start to see what other developers are doing and and play off of those ideas and remix them into to new things.
2: Yeah, it's early days and it's fun to see the experimentation going on. Um, just last night I was using just the Lumafusion Fusion iPad app in vision OS and that worked surprisingly well just by looking and at my external keyboard, but, uh, just by using eyes to drag clips into the timeline and all that. Um, yeah. Uh, any iPad apps that you're finding just work really well here that aren't even optimized for vision OS yet.
1: I mean, I, I I've been using ivory quite a bit. Um, yeah. Part of that, part of that is my, you know, um, Previous Twitter obsession that has spilled over into a Mastodon obsession, um, but it's just you know I have to check on it every so often. So um, that that one's been working really well. Um, the I'm I'm super thankful that One Password made their iPad app available inside the application. Yeah, because both the
2: old and new one, so you can get seven yeah. or the the new one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, because I very quickly realized that I'd have trouble even logging in anything without one <laughs> password running on the device. So, um, I'm glad that they didn't, you know, insist on waiting till they could, could test it on device. Um, there's some weirdness with that one. Like, uh, it doesn't seem like the two factor auth code pasting works super well yet. So, um, it does like the keyboard, when the keyboard pops up, if you're trying to log into something, it does like give you the suggestion, similar, like you'd see on the iPad or the iPhone to autofill. But when you do it on the iPad or the iPhone, if you have a two factor auth code, it will like copy that to the clipboard so that when you get to that screen, you can just paste it in. And that doesn't seem to be quite working in vision OS for whatever reason. So I, end up in those scenarios like opening the one password app and moving it off to the side and copying it out but yeah. you know once you get the feel for copy paste it's it, it's not too bad for a week one experience that's yeah. for
2: sure it is fun with lumafusion i was doing the video export you just throw the window somewhere in the corner while it's exporting which is just that, that part just yeah. it's it's great to just be able to have all the space and to just hide hide windows around
1: yeah uh, go wait over there in the corner exactly yeah <laughs>
2: have um one experience i've had is uh i've had windows like i leave downstairs and i need to bring them back upstairs and i recenter everything and they're like still blow me a bit i'm trying to grab it and it's a bit hard to reposition it uh how has window management uh, in general been for you
1: i i'm i may be a little bit of a different case in that sort of regard so i'm I'm the kind of person that like doesn't have unread emails in my inbox and like doesn't leave browser tabs open, you know. So, so I I at least so far, it's very rare for me to have more than two or three windows open anywhere and then um when I'm done with them, I tend to close them. <laughs> and then when I go somewhere else, I reopen those applications and situate them for that space. So I haven't had too much of a problem with that. I've had once or twice where I, I just don't know where a window is,
2: and <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you tell it must Siri be... to open yeah. X app," and it it's open. I don't know where it's open though because it's like back at the old place. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've had once or twice where that happens, and um, I'm glad that really early on I saw somebody mention how to force quit applications. <laughs> So you, know, you press both buttons for a couple seconds and you get that force quit menu that pops up and you're like, okay, I don't know where it is, but if I force quit it and then relaunch it, it's going to appear here in front yeah. of
0: me. So. Something that struck me is
2: this is one of the only Apple devices that I'm not going to have muted. Like I hear all the system notification sounds and you have this pure this audio experience, which I don't have any of the watch, iPhone or iPad So I have those muted. Uh, it, it just... I just, it struck me that this is unique to this platform that most platforms you do mute, you know?
1: Yeah. I I hadn't thought about that, but it's absolutely true. I, you know, I've gotten used to hearing, hearing those sounds. And if I'm anywhere, you know, in public or even around my family and I am listening to something and don't want to distract them, I'm going to put in my headphones anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you hear everything.
2: I I wish I knew what the bleed through was like on those audio pod things. Um, so it's like uh, it's like at half volume. Like, how far away do you need to be before that silence? <laughs> Uh I, I'm not.
1: I I don't know if I have an answer to that either. But I do know I was like watching a movie the other night while my wife was uh, finishing up some things in the kitchen, and she commented that she could hear like the whole whole thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Something that that
2: shocked me a bit is so I've got the AirPod Pros USB C version, and I'll tell you, I've started movies before thinking I had my AirPods in and they weren't in and I'll put them in and it, it, I can't tell a difference. Mostly audio speaking, people have said the speakers themselves sound a little bit better, but it, it's just impressive to me. Just like, <laughs> I can't tell if I don't, if, if I'll like tap my ear, it's like, Oh, nothing's in there right now. It's just, it's so well designed. Um,
1: yeah, the spatial audio is really amazing coming out of those pods that are sitting outside of your ears. Um, and again, that that plays to the staying present um, when you are around people and trying to use it, um, that you're not trying to use some transparency mode that's trying to blend your outside sounds yeah. with this sounds in your ears, like it's, you're actually just hearing the things that are happening in the room, but also hearing this amazing surround sound spatial audio um, from the, from the headset.
2: Have you uh, done any FaceTime calls with the persona and how do you, what do you think of your persona so far in in version one?
1: Um, When it, when my persona's not moving, I'm pretty impressed at how much it looks like me. Mm -hmm. Um, When I start moving my mouth and talking it, that's where it loses it for me a bit and and where I'm not sure I could interact with anybody for any significant length of time through their persona, um, at least not until we get more used to the idea of it. Yeah. Uh, the first night I had it, uh, my wife had gone out to dinner with some friends and just for the fun of it, I FaceTimed her um, while while she was out with them. And she knew what I was doing. She knew that I was calling her with my persona. Um, but she answered and she she actually like showed it to her friends. And a lot of them, you know, weren't really as aware as we are, obviously, of like, right. the Vision Pro coming out that day. And it took a second for them to realize that that wasn't actually me. Um, so maybe in limited cases and in small doses, like, uh, you know, maybe it is better than not having any video. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I I haven't made any attempt to to interact with one for any length of time.
2: Yeah, I think I'm gonna wait to do a FaceTime call with any family members until version 1.1 releases, which uh, improves the persona capture quite a bit, evidently.
1: Yeah, I think it, it for me it'll be we really need to get like the mouth moving appropriately with you talking and not just I don't know it. There's something about that that as a human you can tell when somebody's mouth is, is making the words that are coming out of their mouth or not. Um, you know, even when like the TV gets off by, you know, a fraction of a second from the audio, like it just sits weird with you.
2: Right. And for many years we had the whole thing of Bluetooth headphones, not matching the video properly. And that was the whole thing of trying to offset that appropriately. And we're finally a place where that's, that's good. Thankfully, (laughs) how has a comfort been for you with the headset? Uh, what band are you gravitating towards, and all that?
1: Yeah, I've been using the the solo loop and haven't had any issues, so I haven't even tried the dual loop band because um, I'm I'm very happy with the solo oh, wow. loop. That's great. Um, I mean, it helps that I don't have any hair to mess up. Yeah, I was gonna maybe. say it's like
2: uh, I, I the dual loop. I don't have the thickest of hair, but it it, it is knowing the velcro getting in the hair and stuff and uh, all that. Yeah.
1: Um, but it's, it's felt good the very first day. And, and maybe it was just an initial adjustment period. You know, I, I, I mean, on Friday, I probably had it on for four plus hours of, of total wearing time. And, uh, I was feeling the weight a little bit in like the back of my neck, um, that day. Uh, since then, I just haven't really, it hasn't really bothered me, um, so I could see maybe really long working sessions, especially when you're first getting used to it, you know, you feel it, mm-hmm. but, um, I, maybe it's just the quality of the experience is so good that like you very quickly just don't care yeah, and you're willing to deal <laughs> with it. Um, you know, and then when the Tim Cook article came out and he talked about like laying on his couch, watching a movie, I was like, I hadn't even thought about that. Like I was just planning to sit at the couch and watch a movie. So I like I yeah. tried it out. I laid on the couch and was like, well now I'm not thinking about the weight at all right. because now I'm laying back on this comfortable pillow and just looking up at the ceiling.
2: Yeah. One of the most fun things is just exploring my house and seeing what rooms are fun to work in now. Cause like my kitchen's a totally different environment from my bedroom and down here in my office. Like it just it's fun to like explore what are the different rooms and positioning windows like in all the different spaces? Like, Have you explored your different environments? And
1: Yeah, for sure. And and the office that I work out of is actually about a, a couple miles away from my house. And it's an office that's just big enough for me to have my own desk in. Um, uh, but it gets me out of the house to, to focus on my work. And that's a much more constrained space than most of the spaces in my house. Um, so it has been interesting... I seem to personally find that I like it best if I can position windows in a way that they seem like they could actually be in the room. Okay, um, you're not so going through my... the
2: wall. Like I've been really enjoying making my surroundings a little bit transparent. Where if you put a window through a wall, your wall in front of you turns transparent. It's like kind of augmenting your real world to like let me make part of my my house transparent. You know? <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that it handles that use case really well. But then for me, like, then I just, it reminds me that it's not really there. Yeah. Whereas like, if I can position things so that they fit in the room, then it really, then it feels like they're there. Um, and, but when I'm in a constrained space, like my office, that's where I find the environments very useful. Okay. And, like I'm, I'm hundred percent sure that first time I get on an airplane, I'm going to immediately click into an environment Absolutely. because the the thing, the environment gets you more than like a pretty place to look at. It gets you this wide open space where then you can put the windows wherever you want and as far away from you as feels comfortable without it feeling like it's interfering or uh, breaking through the illusion that it's in your actual environment.
2: Do you have a favorite environment so far?
1: Um, I, my favorite is Hana. Lo-
2: yeah. The Hawaiian uh, volcano. Where.
1: The Hawaiian volcano. volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I knew I was going to butcher it. Um, uh, partially because, uh, that's where my wife went on our honeymoon. Um, was to Maui and we drove up to that volcano and I have pictures of me driving a convertible with the clouds below me. Um, so there's memories attached to that place. Although the perspective in the environment in the vision pro environment is not a perspective you get as a tourist, you know, (laughs) sitting, sitting right on the edge of the crater there. But, um, but you know, I, I really enjoy that one. Um, my second favorite is probably, uh, Mount hood, but For similar reasons in that uh, the weekend right before the world shut down in the pandemic, my wife and I were skiing on Mount Hood. So, you know, I like that these are real places. And if you have a connection to them, you know, uh, it can make it more meaningful to sit sit and be there.
2: The moon is less meaningful. You've not yet been to the moon.
1: (laughs) I will say... The first time I entered the moon environment is the only time I felt any amount of, like, unease or nausea while wearing the Vision Pro. And I've decided it was just my brain saying, this is not a place I should be. (laughs) Um, It wasn't that it looked unrealistic. It was that it looked too realistic. And that – so I've settled into occasionally revisiting it, and it's not been a problem after that first experience, but I think it was so realistic that my brain was like, This is not somewhere that I'm supposed to, yeah. to be sitting. Yeah.
2: My one hope in the future is that they'll allow Windows to get even smaller. Like iPad apps cannot size down to iPhone apps in this OS, Vision OS apps can't get super small. Like I'd love to have like 10 Windows kind of reasonably small size. Versus these bigger windows, which it's harder to have a bunch of them around you in that way.
1: Yeah, I have to assume some of that is um, based off of like interaction sizes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, with eye tracking,
2: you... it'd be harder to work with that. So.
1: Yeah, because like the size of the physical size of things that we tap on our phone or on our even on our iPad, as compared to the size they need to be to accurately tap on them in Vision Pro. Um, yeah, that I think that's going to be a unique challenge. Hopefully, as they improve vision tracking, you know we can move more in that direction. Um, yeah.
2: How has the eye tracking been for you so far? Like, is everything hitting properly as you're trying to navigate the interface?
1: Generally speaking, I did after a day and a half or two, I did recalibrate it just to get it even more accurate. Partially because I was getting more used to looking directly at things. Um one of the early challenges I had is especially with the keyboard when it pops up in front of you is realizing that often when you're when you're when you're interacting with your computer or even a physical keyboard or your iPad you look at something long enough to like locate where you should tap but then it, during the action of tapping you don't <laughs> actually continue to look at it no you look at the next thing because your your eyes are like a step ahead of your fingers uh, and in the, that was a bit of a learning curve for me in that I had to continue to stare at something until I saw it be selected, um, and, and see the tap gesture, like register. Um, so to, that's another thing that, you know, theoretically, I suppose Apple could deal with and, and, uh, in the software and the operating system, uh, you know, i I recall with the with the iPhone keyboard they did some interesting things where like the tapping didn't actually have to be super accurate because they were able to like tell the intent or like there was something fundamental about like the difference between where we think we're tapping versus where we're actually physically tapping and they've accounted for all of that. So I'm a little curious if when we get you know vision two, vision three, uh, you know when we get these future versions of the operating system, might they be able to say, "Well, you were looking at this letter when you started the tapping motion, and even though you looked away at the last second we we still know that that's the letter you meant to tap on it It might be interesting to see if they they can actually kind of catch up to that,
2: yeah, as far as apps in your space, are you finding any like mini apps useful, like I noticed right away." It's really hard to find the time. In this thing, so I, I downloaded this app that has the time along with the little battery icon with how much charge is in the headset. Is there, mm. are there any little smaller window kind of accessory apps you find found useful so far?
1: The one I probably use the most often is actually just the music app. Um, you know, playing music and then putting it in the mini player. I've never been like a mini player person on my computer or yeah. or, um, but it. Really makes sense in the Vision Pro to say, you know, I have my music and I'm just going to take the small controls and put them off to the side, so I know where they are when I want them, but you know, they don't need to be in front of me all the time. Um, is there that's pro- is
2: there a special way to get into the mini player? Because I can't make that music window terribly small.
1: There's. So if you look at the artwork Uh and the playing bar and tap there, it actually switches to a mini player.
2: Oh, amazing. Yeah.
1: So I believe that's a similar interaction to how it works on the Mac, if I'm remembering correctly, which is part of what made me think to try it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, and then it does give you like this nice smaller square window that you can move. And actually, if you're not interacting with it, it just shows like the album artwork. And then, when you turn to look at it and interact with it, similar to how when you're watching video, the controls go away until you tap on the video, it does the same thing with that. So, like, the artwork is off to the side. And when you look at it and tap, then you get the play controls showing up again. Oh, very nice. Yeah.
2: One thing I've noticed is I need to make sure I don't, uh, when I'm tapping, I'm not like over tapping and like. In a painful way where it's like, yeah, light tap does the trick. Uh, how how have you been learning to the gestures and adapting to what you actually need to do versus...
1: Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like... There's been... Trying to think of specific examples. I, I actually think the iPad, I had some of that when it first came out. I used to like press... And it was like creating stress on my hand. Yeah. And, and especially like if I was playing a game where the main interaction was tapping your thumb at an appropriate moment, like I would like wear out the muscles in my hand and tire them out. And you had to get, had to get used to the idea that you were just, really just needed to touch the glass. You didn't need to apply physical force. Yeah. Especially Um, if you
2: had the old capacitive touchscreens pre iPhone where you really did it. Yes. You had the, they had to really bang that screen to get a response. Of course,
1: then Apple gave us actual force touch and taught us all that we did need to press at certain <laughs> times. And then they took it away, and now we don't need to, but we still do because we're used to it. Um, but, yeah, there's some of that. Um, I The thing I actually ran into was the orientation of my hand. Um, it seemed like it was really natural for me to kind of have my hand facing downwards away from me, and then the vision pro had a harder time sensing my taps which makes sense like if you look down at your hand in that position because you can't see the tap as well so i had to kind of teach myself to rotate my hand so my thumbs were kind of upwards so that the tapping motion was more visible to the cameras um but once i kind of made that adjustment uh, it became less of an issue
2: what what other experiences from vision pro week 1 haven't we chatted about that are worth we're sharing
1: uh well I had I had one interesting one right up front in that uh I went to enter my Apple ID password because obviously you know with any Apple device like the first thing you need to do is sign in your Apple yeah. ID. My Apple ID password was randomly generated by one password and it happened to include the grave accent character which is you know most engineers know it as a backtick. Okay. Um and that character is nowhere to be found in the keyboard they give you for entering your password. <laughs> uh <laughs> So that was an interesting initial hiccup because yeah. um, and then when I got into the system, typing other places, it I could find it. You could go to the characters, <laughs> you know, part of the keyboard and it was there. But for some reason in that initial Apple ID sign in, it just did not exist. So I literally went and reset my Apple ID password to a, another randomly generated password. But I paid attention to it whether it included that specific character and then was able to assign into my vision pro. So that that was a little bit of an initial surprise. I am um, not really sure why you wouldn't make all the characters available uh, when people are entering their passwords, but you know, um, yes, the average consumer is probably not using that character in their password.
2: Yeah something that caught me during setup was I use a different Apple ID, from when I had windows back in my childhood days Mm -hmm. from iTunes for all my media purchases. So I have a, uh, like a Google account that's linked to all my media purchases. And it does not ask you if you'd like to, after you sign to your Apple ID, would you like to sign to a different Apple ID for app downloads and all this other stuff? And I, uh, quickly realized, Hey, I already own the Disney plus app. Why is it asking me to, get it again oh i've been downloading all sorts of stuff with the wrong apple id here so let me log yeah. That and, yeah
1: yeah and it's clear you know and that some of that i think is just version one of a new product you know they're they're trying to cover the primary use cases but then when you realize that you are an edge case you know and then you're like okay well for version one this is on me you know Couple years down the road, I'll be yeah be more upset if they haven't worked. And out
2: then this you helped thing. me identify the whole iMessage thing. Of I thought I looked through every setting in the Settings app for iMessage and syncing of iCloud stuff, but you had to go buried in there, which I think it's the same place it's buried in in iOS. To be frank, but I looked for. The- <laughs> I looked forward, couldn't find it. But yeah, indeed, you can sync your iMessages in the cloud. Thank, thank God, because otherwise.
1: Yes, that was surprising. It was surprising to me that it wasn't on by default.
2: Like, it, I don't I, think it is on most devices, honestly. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Um, Maybe I just haven't set up a brand new device without restoring from a backup from somewhere else in a yeah. long time.
2: But I'm glad it's there. Um, I did enable full. Uh, photo library sync so now i'm using like 700 gigs of my one terabyte Vision pro <laughs> i may turn that off at some point if i need more space to free up but
1: yeah i just went with the base model vision pro because um i'm i'm operating on the assumption that i'm going to upgrade this thing every time they offer me a new one so sure i don't necessarily need the top of the line one
2: yeah my my thought process going into it was this will probably be at least a two or three three-year device and so i don't want to regret not having enough storage i'm sure two of these things is plenty if you're not like downloading your entire photo library to it and all that but it's like eh, it's already 3500 what's another 400 right
1: (laughs) yeah i i also i also did actually look at my phone and my ipad for reference and you know i've got the half gig iphone but i'm only using you know 125 you know yeah. gigabytes of that half terabyte so like i yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't even really need as big of an iphone as i have
2: <laughs> right yeah no it's it's such a quick tricky question it's like how often am i going to need to download these big 3d movies for on the go probably not super often <laughs> what am i taking most of my storage up on my iphone podcast downloads most of the time and uh so yeah it, it's always a tricky question with that stuff um Right, right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to subscribe to the, the Apple Care. I think it seems like a thing. Yeah. To do.
1: Especially when you read that repairs could be a couple grand each. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you are in any way planning on actually using this and, and taking it places with you, it does seem like the wise thing to do.
2: For sure. Yeah. Did you end up getting the travel case?
1: I did. Um, and I'm really happy I did. Um, I'm sure there will be third parties that will come up with interesting solutions. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously Apple has more experience with the actual device than anybody else to this point. So uh, I feel like they shipped a really good initial product. Yeah, I was
2: was impressed. The little thing that holds it has a little slider. You can change how far or deep it goes, which I felt just very curious because like, In what situations would you want to move it? I guess different headbands require different depths or whatnot.
1: That's, that's my guess. And, you know, I do think there's some value in the fact that you can adjust it so that the device with the cover on is up against the end of the case. Mm -hmm. And then because the slider is up, is adjusted correctly, it's not going to then jostle around inside the case. Um, so I do think that that's, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it was an interesting thing to see, but I when you think it through, you're like, Oh yeah, this is gonna like help prevent the glass of this thing from impacting just in, in normal movement. Yeah,
2: I um, gotta make sure I have that uh, to the edge like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the little bag. Like it's nice to be able to throw in the extra headband in there and the battery compartment's super well designed. I've opted to just leave it plugged into the battery. Um one reason is I think the metal piece from the battery cable could potentially scratch the <laughs> headset. Um, mm. And it just seems easier to just, you know, leave it plugged in.
1: Yeah, I've been unplugging mine. Um, and then it, it really, it seems like if you fold the cable in half and then do thirds from there, like it mm-hmm. just fits really well under that strap. Okay, so I've been unplugging mine. I haven't been, been too concerned about the scratching, although I think that's a valid thing. The, the cover that goes over the glass really fits it really well. That's I mean, true. I'm yeah, that it go- goes too.
2: over pretty well. And I'm impressed by the structure of that face covering. Like, it's when we saw the pictures, like, oh, they're giving us this little sock thing. But no, it's got a lot yeah. of structure to it.
1: Yeah, it does. It You know, when it's not on the device, it it is the shape of the device. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I do like the little accessory bag. Um, I think that's a really simple but elegant solution to, like, the charger and the charging cable, mm-hmm. you know, which are... You know, often with this sort of case, like, where do I put my charger? Where do I put my charging cable? Like, yeah, because you can it, put the brick
2: in there, it, too, yeah. if you need it.
1: Yeah, the bag itself actually has a little bit of structure to it as well. Like, yeah, the uh, bottom, right? The bottom of it is, you know, circle. Yeah. So it kind of stands up when you have it there. And
2: you, and you can in. even zip the case shut and have the battery external... um and plug it in some you know if you want to have
1: your yeah. apple
2: vision pro protected while charging the battery externally you could totally do that with that case the zipper kind of would go up around it or whatever
1: yeah i hadn't thought about that but you're right um
2: cuz i live in a house with a with a cat so everything needs to be kind of like um sealed up when not in use
1: yeah i mean i live in a house with a toddler so oh, there you there you, know, very it. similar yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: yeah. well um Anything uh, else um, from from this first
2: week, or um, any you know apps that you're excited to, to try out and, and get?
1: I mean, I'm, most most of my excitement's honestly for the future. Um, I I think that this is a really impressive version one device. I I actually had someone messaging me today on Facebook, a, a friend of mine who is kind of curious about it. Is not you know is into tech things, but is not. Isn't somebody who's gonna build apps for it. And they were like, I don't know, should I get one? I did they did they did the demo in the Apple store and they yeah. thought it was really impressive and they're trying to like they're trying to justify the cost to themselves. And um you know, I did tell them I was like, if if you go into it thinking that it's a V1 device and you're getting it to have a glimpse of the future, then you're gonna get every penny of what you paid for it if you go in expecting it to be this polished final thing with this massive suite of apps, you know, third party applications that have been highly polished for this experience. We're not there yet. We're in week one, you know? Um, But I think we're going to get there. And, and it, it seems like now that it's in everybody's hands, people have only gotten more excited about it. Um, As excited as we were for the several months leading up to the release um, it feels like now we're really building momentum towards something really exciting.
2: Yeah, because now that's on the world, there can be iteration and software and uh, things like in the early days of iPhone, Tweety developed the scroll to refresh. We'll be able to have developers develop, uh, I believe, dollars can include custom hand gestures and maybe Apple will see what a developer is doing. It's like, oh, let's use that system. Why? Because that's really smart. So we're in that phase of the early days and uh, another part why I love to be in a platform on the early days is you just see the version one, the version two OS upgrades and be along for that journey and just experience how a platform morphs and changes over time. Like I feel like I have different perspective on the iPhone, uh, having it from the first one uh, to now versus people that jumped on board with, you know, an iPhone six as their first iPhone for instance, you know?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. The evolution over time. Well, and and obviously, you know, Apple's built a lot of credibility with the developer community that they are going to invest and are going to make it better. And honestly, there's, you know, we we know at this point that there are probably 10 features that they have tested that people inside of Apple were playing with before the announcement or even since the announcement that they just decided not to include in version one of the OS. Um, So we don't even know what they've been already been playing with that we just haven't seen yet.
2: Yeah, VisionOS two in June is going to be just wild to see what's in there. Uh, Cause it, yeah, it could be some cool stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the rumors I'm hearing about multiple virtual displays from my Mac. That would be a real game changer for me. Yeah,
2: I do not have a personal Mac uh, currently. This is this device really makes me want to have a laptop of some sort from Apple. <laughs> Uh, cause it seems like just the perfect also input device in a lap format where you have a keyboard and trackpad all in one versus trying to jerry rig the huge magic trackpad two to a keyboard like the laptop seems so much better for that uh, use case.
1: Yeah, I am. I am a little interested. When I get on a plane for the first time, like, am I even going to bother like putting my screen all the way up? Like, do I just put the screen up enough to get my hands in there? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Throw throw the virtual display up in front of me. I mean,
2: I would because there's less of a worry of the person in front of you leaning back and uh, damaging your laptop, which I hear is a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm a large human, so uh, yes, you know, often working on a laptop in a in a cramped space like that yeah. isn't the most comfortable to begin with. So, um, the, the idea that we can throw these things up in a virtual space is, is really exciting. For sure.
2: Well, um, I think that's brings us to the end of our discussion here. Um, lots more that I've into in future weeks, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just a glimpse of week one with Apple vision pro, um, exciting early days of a, of a new platform.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: So, um, do you want to plug any places, Mastodon or any places, uh, for people to follow you if, if you're so inclined?
1: Oh, I suppose I should, I could. Um, I am, uh, K Pefferly, which is my last name, which makes is impossible to spell. So K P F E F F E R L E at hackyderm.io is my, uh, Mastodon handle. Um, same kpefferly username on github for anybody that's inclined but most of my work over there is front-end javascript related at these at, at this juncture none of my ios stuff is really out in the open gotcha yet
2: yeah i love the uh, maston server you're on that's that's a fun one yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, one of the I, th- I actually think it was the second one that i did but I, i've been pretty happy there
2: yes yeah, so, um Do did you manage that one yourself or is that a public one
1: no, uh, so it's open. It was managed. It's managed by a foundation actually. Um, so it is, uh, there's like a, a board of, of people that manage it. Um, so it's, it's got actually like a governance structure built around okay. it things, but it's, it's kind of tech focused, um, uh, with a lot of really kind of inclusive community policies that I thought were positive, uh, things Good. that I yeah. bought into. So, um, seemed like a good place. Feel feels like it's, you know, it's not Mastodon.social. It's not one of the big, big, big ones, but mm-hmm. it's like maybe next tier below that, and that there's there's some real resources put behind it.
2: Um, yeah, I gotta yeah. say, um isn't great for Vision Pro just, just developers and whatnot, but I've been very surprised the threads algorithm is just all Apple Vision Pro with some wild stuff going over there. Like I try to resist the threads, but uh, threads there's a lot of unique Apple Vision Pro um, talking discussion going on there. Um, just...
1: Yeah, it might be interesting to to observe over there a little bit. I I just cannot get into algorithmic timelines. I mean, Facebook is obviously feeding me an algorithmic timeline, but you know, I've I've been on t- I was on Twitter for so long that you know Twitter's own app was was a Chronological timeline for such a long time, and then you know, Twitterific and Tweetbot and all of those, and you know, uh, obviously I was a Tweetbot user, and then switched to Ivory when we went to Mastodon. And for me, I unless I have taken a vacation where I have been away from my devices for two <laughs> right. or three days, and I'm like two days behind, I read my entire timeline.
2: Yeah, in the same uh, way. Yeah.
1: So, uh, I you know I. I'm not saying I read every word of every you know, tweet or toot, but you scroll through it and scan and look for interesting things. Um, so yeah, the, anything that's built on the idea of an algorithmic timeline, I'm just like, I'm not going to spend as much. Sure. I'm not going to get as invested over there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, cool. Well, thank you, Kevin, for your time today. It's been great uh, chatting and um, learning about your experiences so far with uh, Vision Pro.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, if when my app gets to a point where I, well, not if it's going to happen when my app gets to a point where I'm more willing to talk about it, I'd be happy to, <laughs> to discuss that further. Um, once I'm ready to be more open, um, right now it's a very closed circle of people that are aware. Cause, cause the people that the people that I have told in the community that I'm building for, they're like, yeah, you need to not tell people that <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and and I'm not the I hate like the NDAs or like stealth mode startups and things like I'm usually not that type of person but when you're building for a very close knit community of people where you know everybody knows everybody else mm-hmm. and there's somebody that currently is the person you're trying to like knock off the perch you know I get it uh, and if you're developing an you gotta, app
2: like that idea the idea of what you're doing if it's 3 years away I, I get yeah. it, like because another team could come in and use that same idea or whatnot.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they, you know, they've got, especially when you're building something part time, because um, you know the the I'm not spending eight to twelve hours a day no. working on this idea, so I have to slow roll it and I have to like try to keep it off of their radar as long as possible, so that by the time they find out I'm doing this, it's too late. Um, or yeah. at least I'm far enough out ahead that then I can stay ahead.
2: No, nope. yeah, and we should. Yeah, we'll definitely chat when uh, when you are at that
0: final final neck of development stage of development.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks, Kevin. But I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that's my discussion with Kevin. My thanks to Kevin for his time recording this episode. My thanks to you for your time, attention, tuning in. As a reminder, you can support the podcast at VisionPros.fm Patreon my thanks to everyone that supports the podcast it is very much appreciated with that i'll talk to everyone again real soon